0: Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Before I get to Ein Hamid Bays, let's first look at the Mishnah, Ein Hamid Aleph. Somebody says to his wife, Mikan Ad Mimokam Ploni Any vows that you make from now until I come back, I return from a certain location, he wants to validate all of those vows. This is invalid. He can't pre-validate. If he says that he wants to negate those vows. Rebbe Yezre says it works. He can negate the vows in advance. The disagree. They say you cannot negate the vows in advance of their being made. Omar Rebbe Yazar. Rebbe has a svarah supporting his position that it's possible to negate the vows in advance of their being made. In Shebo Iser If he's able, the husband, is able to negate the vows that have already taken effect, his wife made a vow, and then he comes to negate it. And he's able to do it. He's able to, be make, not, to to undo, to negate that vow. Should he not certainly be able to negate vows that have not yet taken hold and actually generated a prohibition? The Chacham responded back to Rebbe Lezer. Palsik says, Isha, her husband shall validate the vows and her husband shall negate the vows. There's a similarity to both circumstances. The vows that are subject to being ratified and established, validated by the husband, those type of vows are the ones that are eligible to be negated. And conversely, If they are not eligible to be validated, then they cannot be negated. So the basically respond to his logic, saying that that's a drasha to the contrary. Let's take a look in Ayanhei Ahmed Bez, Toshma. That's seven lines down. Toshma. Omar Lahan Reb you have some back and forth masumatim between these tanaim. Ribliazer said to them, meaning the chachamim, "Uma b'makom sheein meifinidre atzmo mishenadar meifinidre atzmo." So. Just in a place, as such, a, just as in a place, that a person is not capable of negating his own vows. So that's a general rule: a person cannot undermine and negate his own vows, but once he has made those vows, he is able to undermine them. Add shelo in advance prior to the articulation of the vowel. What is this referring to? Let's see what Rashi says. The general rule is a person cannot unilaterally undermine his own vows, he needs to go to a Chacham, present the case before him. T'chisiv, as the verse states, A person cannot undermine the sanctity of his own words. He cannot make them profane. If there's basis for the vow to be nullified, it needs to be done so by a Chacham, by, by a sage. May feniru atzmo ad shelo yidar. What is the possibility for a person to undermine his own vows prior to their articulation? It is not. We have a memra in Arbenedar and Daf Chavgir Malam Beis. Harotza shelo yiskamun adarav. If somebody wants to pre nullify his vows, he does not want them to. Be valid. Yamo be Rosh Hashanah. should stand up on Rosh Hashanah. V'yomak kol neder. Kolu. He should do kol neder, which apparently works. The Ran also says. Meif neder atz ma'at shlo yida k'damrinam perak arbenadarem chavgamul mabez harota shlo Somebody wants to prevent his vows from taking hold and being established. Yamab should stand up on Rosh Hashanah. All the vows that I will make going forward, they should be nullified. So apparently, a person is able to pre nullify the vows. Gemara says, he says, coming up this, this upcoming year, he wants it to be known that he doesn't want those vows to be valid. So a person has that capacity. He's not able to be made his own Nidarim, but he's able to, he needs to get a chacham to nullify that, to, to absolve the vow if it's already been articulated. But in advance, he's able to do Kol Nidri. Here it says Rosh Hashanah, the common practice of the Kol service is Yom Kippur, but many people also do Atars nadarin on Fresh HaShoshana, the different customs. The import of the exact day is not particularly significant, it's just uh, a time to uh, presumably make this declaration in a manner that has a, a clear solemnness. An import to the meaning, publicity, and he's going to declare that the vow that he's making henceforth should not be effective, that he can do. So Mokon, now Rabbi it continues, Shemei nidre ishto, mishatida. Now let's compare. The husband has the ability to negate his wife's vows after they've already been uttered. This is even more powerful. On his own vows, he doesn't have that capacity. For his wife's vows, he does. <laughs> Says of the other, is it not a kav chomer, A for logic. If he has this exceptional power by his wife's vows to negate them after they've been uttered, which he doesn't have for his own vows, and for his own vows, he can pre-nullify on Rosh Hashanah or another day, make a declaration that he doesn't want them to be effective and it works. So certainly for his wife's vows, he should be able to do the same thing and say, all the vows you're going to make over the course of, as I mentioned said, till I return from such and such a place, whatever they are should be nullified. That should be effective. Very strong logic over here. My love, the dumya delay. The implication is, that the vows of his wife are understood to be parallel to his own vows. The implication is that just as his vows have no effect, they were not valid even for a moment when he pre-nullified, so too his wife's vows, when he's made fair Ishto, they also have no effect. Gemara rejects that, says, Not necessarily. This train of thought, this logic, does not require making that parallel. It's conceivable that each one is distinct, and perhaps his vow never took effect, and her vow would. So let's let's take a look about this concept of Kol Nidre a little bit. What are the parameters? So the tour brings it in Helphas Yom Hakipurim. Archaim Simantaf Ratio test. Ve Ome Kol Nidre, Vasire, Vechulu. Speaking about the evening service on Yom Kippur. Typically, what it says is, Kol Nidre, Di Nidarno, Vidi Ishtavno, Docharimno. All these various forms of vow that I affected. Miyom Kippur, Kippur, from Yom Kippur the past, add Yom kippur Maze, until this Yom Kippur. So what is he trying to do? He wants to nullify the vows of various forms that he took. Perhaps he made a commitment that he unwittingly negated. Perhaps he's not doing so with knowledge to undermine a vow that he made, but ulai arolin perhaps he made some type of vow he didn't he made a commitment to do something that was a mitzvah, whatever the circumstance might be that it's considered a vow and he violated that and he wants to spare himself from punishment. that's his goal so he's working from the previous homekeeper until this homekeeper now that is if we're paying close attention, not, like what the Gemara says earlier, in a dar. The classic case, if you will, of a Kol Nidre service, is the opposite direction. It's pre-nullifying. He's basically making a modal. He's saying, I want to make an announcement. This upcoming year, if I make any vows, I'm letting you know now that I do not want them to be effective. And here, Kol Nidre is being used on the past. Now, that seems to be flying in the face of what the Gemara first said. Gemara first said, in Rebbe Leezer's trying to convey his position, his Kav to the Chachamim, he says that a person cannot undermine his own vows. He has to go to a Chacham. If he already made the vow, he cannot nullify it. He needs to go to a Chacham. So what's going on with Kol Nidre? Kol Nidre seems to be beyond his capacity. He can't just go and announce, oh, those vows I made last year up until this year, uh, those don't count. Hey, you want to do that, you got to go to al What's going on over here? I understand he doesn't want Onish, very nice. Who wants Onish? But we have to be working within a framework that is effective, what's going on? <laughs> Tam says, hey, stop this. What's going on over here? What is it to help you to be mater to undermine, negate the vow that already has taken place? This is not within the bounds of the laws of vows. And Ruben Tam said, you guys got it all wrong. This Yom Kippur serves a beautiful tune, beautiful chazanas. You gotta change the words a little bit. It's from this Yom Kippur until next Yom Kippur. Not last Yom Kippur until this Yom Kippur. You, the Gemara says, Fakeret, you cannot undermine your own vows. Gotta go. Go to Besdin, Chacham. You can't do it yourself. Once the vow's been made. <speaking in Hebrew> Haroze shelo yiskaim nedarav shall call Hashanah Yam b'rusha hashana v'yomar call nedarim shani asid l'idor bezesh to bezu hashana yiu betayl. We shelo yiskar let's know b'shaas neder. The limitation of this modah is that he does not recall the t'nai at the time of the neder. He can't be thinking while he's making this neder that he made this uh, stipulation that it shouldn't be valid because if he is thinking about it, <speaking in Hebrew> and nonetheless, he says, I'm still making a vow. Yes, I remember Kol Nidre. I want to nullify all the vows upcoming. But now it's almost Purim and he's afraid of his hamantashin addiction. He wants to take a vow. So he remembers Kol Nidre and he does it anyway. Then he's overriding his vow, his, his, uh, his Tznai and that's it No it doesn't work he, he can override it the purpose of this modav this nullification, pre-nullification of his vows is only if he doesn't remember he made a commitment, he totally forgot and he's really trying to avoid making a, a vow that, that is going to really get him in trouble that's true, that's what he's trying to do But if he remembers consciously about this stipulation that he doesn't want the future vows to be effective, and he still nonetheless goes forward to make the vow, then he overrides it. But if he doesn't remember, stop thinking about then it helps. Therefore he has to say, on all of them, I regret them. Kilomar. Meaning to say, if I forget. And I make an edit. So, I'm already regretting that. From now. On Yom Kippur, I'm regretting them. And want them to be nullified. He wants to make a tonight, a condition that they should be nullified. Another qualification, this only helps for vows that are originating with him. Other vows from his friends or Bezdin, this does not have any import. He can only be in charge of his own vows in this manner, not other people's vows. and my father, my master, Rabbeinu Asher, Ben Yechiel of blessed memory. What did he write? Umil near It appears, however, from the common custom of the older ones, that our predecessors. It's very clear. This is not some recent shibush, recent error creeping into the text that Rabbi Atam says it's invalid. It seems they really had this text. That they're making kol nidre, some type of nullification, on the vows of the previous year. And they are nullifying them in order to save themselves from punishment. The question says, that's great. You're saving yourself from punishment, but you have to have tools. Therefore, the says we say three times. Okay. Interesting. What does that have to do with anything? Perhaps he's saying it's not actually effective, but it's just a beseeching for atonement. Along these lines, Rabbeinu Sadia and writes, There are those they have this practice, having the chazan stand up on the night of the fast of Yom Kippur. Omer, kol nidre v'chrami lassiri v'shuve kanomei she'danar she'nodarnu v'sheichin ramnu v'shasharnu v'shinish banu. All these various forms of vows. V'shekiyamnu al nafshaseno miyom shikum she'avar adiyom kipomazeh from the previous Yom Kippur until this Yom Kippur. She'balenu bikulam chazarnu banu we are regretting and going back on all of them. We are regretting them and beseeching, coming before you, our Father in heaven. And if we made a vow, we want it to be nullified. We want to negate the vows from their inception. And instead of all these vows, we want forgiveness and uh, atonement. We, we want this to be uh, undone. As it's written in the Torah, and there shall be forgiveness for the entire congregation, the children of Israel. Like yeah, I got the socham and to the convert that dwells among them, kill for what has transpired for the whole nation is in error. Class of Od the Hitikonaloma Kol Nidre and he writes further Rifsad Yagon that the enactment of the sages to say Kal Nidre Eda Bishgaga the Sura Israel al Nature Basic Nasis Kigon Nidre Shgogosin Bishgagos. That anybody who makes a vow to undermine a Shvua, that he cannot negate. Some differentiate between Ned and Shvua. The custom is to say it before Baruch because one cannot unless it is for the needs of Shabbos itself. So, as the Rosh said, this, this seems to be quite an old custom, or is quoting it. This is not the custom. Not, in two yeshivas, the main Torah centers. In Bavel, Surah This is not the custom in any place to negate the vows, to undermine the vows, not on Rosh Hashanah and not on Yom Kippur. We've heard such a rumor in other lands. They do this Kol Nidre thing. We've never seen it. Never heard about it from our ancestors. What does it help? The me, Shemasna, Acha Nidro, to somebody that makes a condition after he's already made the vow. She Balto, that it should be negated. That's exactly what Resha says. He can't do that. Once it's been made, he's out of business. He's gotta to go to Fah. Hilkah ain Anu Sovrin Belonogin Lasuskin. We don't follow this, it's not our custom. Bachin Kazer Rabhai, not only Rev Nature Nagon speaks against Kol Nidre, Ravhaigon also. We don't do it. You never heard of our teachers doing it. all. And not only that, you should be stringent like us. Not only is this just not our custom, this is a bad custom. You should not do it. He says, you be stringent like us, don't do kol nitri. Don't deviate from the custom of the yeshivos, The yeshivos are the, the life source. The yeshivas, they don't do it. You don't do it. So we have Rana Shonaigon and Rav even more sharply speaking out against Kol Nidre. But the tour continues. But it's too late. Metastasized. Kol Nidre is everywhere. Anyway, you look, you see Kol Nidre. Unbelievable. They all say Kol Nidre. Alright. That's the tour. So Beer, What's going on? Very nice people want atonement, like the Rush said. They don't want to get an onish. Who wants an onish? But has it any relevance? And if you look at the Ramah, in <inaudible> Nadarim, Simon Raishid Aleph, Naga and Sif Aleph, he says as follows. Bahadamin kol Nidre, Belal Yom Kippurin. Al Kilu Hisnubehe That which we say kol Nidre on the evening of Yom Kippur, it is as if a condition has been clearly stated Mikomakom, nonetheless, Losam Khanalze alhatir. We do not rely on this to permit belosha ela l'ha without the person who wants to negate his vow that he made, going before a Chalcham, he's got to do that. Ki'im gadol. Unless in a great need. Whoa. Let's understand what the Ramah is saying. In a case of great need, rely on Kol Nidre. Whoa. How does that work? Kol Nidre works? What's the Ramah saying? Don't do it. L'cha-chilo. L'cha'chilo. a guy made another, he wants to negate it. So he's got to go before Chacham to be shown nidra. But, if there's Sar Godol, our seems to imply that we would rely on it. He'll apply By what mechanism? You just want some kapara and you're expressing your regret. I don't have a problem with that. That's great. But to actually say in Hathos Nadarim that there's some possibility that it's effective and works. What, what's going on over here? It seems to be against Ragliazin. Says there's no such thing. Macharah. That, that's what he says. The whole idea of Kol Nidre is going forward. So first of all, the Aruch HaShulchan is not very happy with the Ramah. Let's see what he says. We don't rely on Kol Nidre says Rama unless there's a great need. says the I don't understand. Even if there's a great need, how's it possible to rely on Kol Nidre? The essence of this leniency to match the nether is if he forgot the Tanai at the time of the Nether. It says the custom by us is definitely to say kol Nidre. The in fact, the whole name of the service is Kol Nidre. It gets major uh focus on Kol Nidre. It's not like some places do it, some places don't do it, and they, they threw into the service, and maybe it was, maybe he remembered, maybe he didn't remember. This is a major highlight. Sometimes people come to show once a year for Kol Nidre. In Kain, Bal she'ein it can be that he's forgotten Kol Nidre. It's very memorable, says the Aruch Shulchan. So don't tell me you forgot about Kol Nidre. the Nidre. His condition that he made of Kol Nidre is uprooted, and the vow is established. And the earlier sages, Investigated this issue. In their days, it wasn't such a broad, widespread custom. It wasn't universal. As it's clear from the words, You see in their words, they said some congregations do this. Nowadays, from the time of the Ramah, in our days, this is a pretty universal custom of Kol Nidre. The ye shall ze niggum even as a special tune, chot futz zizral. all the Jewish communities, kol nidri is big stuff. En le ze mochem It This has no validity whatsoever. Be emes, lo sheman of glory al ze, shayyismoch al ze, af smicha kosho. And in fact, unlike what Ramos says, that sarach godo, there's a great need. You can rely on this without being shol neder, if ne achochem, going to achoch de matinere. He says no. We've never seen or heard of anybody actually relying on Kol Nidre. Vetzlenuhi tefila kechalux filos. By us, it's a prayer, like all the prayers. Meruzos inyanam nistarim, gvura esalchah mekabala, has all sorts of hidden es- esoteric values. But alvadina ena no gasskav. But for halacha, hilchus nedarim, meaningless. Ashkazla enyan shvuos nedarim nagelachem. Mikadina enmal just like for. The vows that pertain to the person that have been generated by others, kol has no no import. So also for zonva, all the more so for any vows that are taken in the courts that they cannot, a person cannot undermine the vow that he is being adjured as is known and publicized in the entire Jewish nation has no value as a tool to undermine the import and severity of such a vow if it's violated that can, these are the words of the Aruch HaShulcha he argues with the Ramah Ramah says it does have some import it's Aruch Let's how that's possible. The Gemara in Shavu is Chafches Manalav. A Memar Amar, Afilo Somebody takes a vow, let's say, to not eat a loaf. And he's eaten a loaf. Nishlalav, he can still negate it. He can still be shown either. It is shoy carbon it maze malchus if it was inadvertent. So then if he still has not brought the atonement offering, or if it was intentional, wanted, he still has not received the lashes. So although it's too late, he could still be. Sho'el, the nether. He can still go and be mad to the nether. So he made the nether, said he's not going to eat this loaf. He ate the loaf. Well, it's too late. No. If there are future ramifications, it's not too late. Ava al-Omod. Well, if he's already been tied to the post to be prepared for lashes, it's too late. Now it's too late. He cannot be Shal He cannot be Mate nether. As Shmuel taught, once he's already been bound to the post for this administering of lashes, and he managed to free himself and fled from the court, Palter is exempt. Velohi Halsum Rats and that's not the case. There he ran. Here he did not run. Let's see how the Rama brings this halacha. In shvuas pergav halachiches, mi shenishba shvuas bitui, laba vishikib shvuaso kegon. He gives an example. Shenishba shelo yochel pazu. He took a shvua, an oath. He will not eat this loaf of bread. Veachla, and then he ate it. And after he ate it, before he brings the offering, im if it was inadvertent, or koden shiylke, or before he gets lashes, if it was an intentional sin, he regretted it. V'nish al and he is shual before the chacham, v'hi and the chacham says that it's matir dineder, a reza pater mina carbon. He is exempt from bringing carbon omenamalkos, or from lashes. Velo od, not only that, elafilu kafsuhu lilkos, even if he has been bound to be lashed, vinishal, and before they actually start the lashes, he says, come I really regret what I did. It was a terrible idea that I took that vow, I made that oath not to eat that loaf, and then I ate it. I'd like to be Matineda or Shvua. Vitirlo. And they said, okay, fine. Kodem Shashilul al So before he begins receiving lashes, I raise potter. He's exempt. As the Raman says. i will be able to walk, untie on, on him, and can go free without any lashes. In Hilhas Sanhedrin, Hilhas Sanhedrin the On Shin and the Rammam writes, if he's been bound at the post to receive lashes, and he severs the bonds that are tying him to the post, and flees. Potter, he's exempt. Don't bring him back. Don't tackle him and bring him back to get the lashes. He's already received enough embarrassment, and he does not require uh, being brought back for the lashes. That's how the ramen path goes. Let's look at the Mitiri. Shvu'as <speaking in Hebrew> He took a vow, an oath not to eat this loaf, and he ate it. Yochol <speaking in Hebrew> Lefkiyam alaf carbon omalkas he's able to be shot, to be matter the neder, to remove from himself the consequences of an offering or lashes. Afapi shnishlam eini lagamri even though the whole matter is completed. Shere afapi shaloh hevi karbono in karbona bal shvu mechalal einyan shvu Shein shehein nikrasheir shere eino mevi elam kein over al shivuaso afapi kein yochol lili even though there's no no further actions necessary to violate the vow or the oath, been done. He's already fully digested this loaf. There's, there's nothing to talk about. Below, we should have said since he has eaten the entire loaf and the violation has been completed. There's no possible way of undermining that vow. To retroactively uproot it. Nonetheless, he is able to undermine this vow or oath in order to remove from himself the obligation to bring the offering the sacrifice a hitrish even if it's already been set aside since he did not bring it yet oh it if he did it intentionally so there's no offering to be brought for the intentional violation but still if he has not received lashes su even if he's been tied to the post the since he has not received the lashes a die initial, he's still able to do she'elah. also omrin hu We don't say that he's as though he's already received Malchus. This is not some remainder. Kafsu, he's already been tied. If he fled, then he's exempt. If he would flee, then he's exempt. But if he did not flee, so he's still subject to the lashes. Therefore, he's still liable for the lashes. It's possible still to do She'ela to undermine this vow, that will prevent him from being liable to lashes. But if there's nothing remaining, he already received the lashes. He already brought the carbon. Too late. He's already been atoned for. So there's literally nothing to address. What does it matter for him to be sholnadid? If he ate it intentionally without witnesses and a warning, in a case where there's no ability for him to either bring an offering or to get lashes, nonetheless, he will receive punishment. And there's no way to rectify the situation with She'ela, Ellen Kane, unless something remains. He's got to have something to do in the future in violation of the vow in order to undermine it. If there's no actual earthly consequence of either getting lashes or bringing an offering, if there's nothing for him to do, so it's too late. Vaf of the day that such a mention is <laughs> the ‎ As they held very 27 때는 what the joyful was, not in the fourth time but after such aisy that theiruming was, T' don't send it back, So they在 the first step time are from importantigt until she also mo'elis, because eyes to ahrim mo'elis. After the mishloach, she loch lano. After pi, she lo avah. El al kulo shir, because eyes nicroshir. Pahfen the eyes, lo nicroshir. Ve'yesh There is a debate: what is exactly the requirement to be considered still having something in the future? The Bezachronal af chach medorash of neno cholkin lomar. There are sages from the earlier generations, that disagree about it, to say, even if it was intentional, and he did not receive an appropriate warning, and he actually ate the entire loaf. He still can be shown at it. Concerning the matter of the prohibition and the punishment. Meaning, there is an opinion that, although it's not relevant anymore, the vow has been violated. And we don't have something practical over here. There's no upcoming court-mandated lashes. Or he's not going to be able to bring an offering. He, he, he did it intentionally, so there's no, uh, or, and, and there's no, uh, no warning witnesses. There's so no court that's going to be offering that. You do have the prohibition, and you do have the consequence, the divine punishment potential here, he still has the judgment in heaven. Until he receives some, until he's stricken. You now, Shemayin is not going to be getting lashes in court. As the Gemara says, So, also Malchus, he's going to have some consequence, even if it's not in court. So if there's a consequence, and there's anticipated punishment, there is this opinion that it's still possible to do hatara. Velo yirakei. he says it doesn't appear that that's correct though. The only ability to actually undermine it is if there's some future potential, either in in terms of getting lashes or bringing an offering, or continuing to eat that loaf. There's a little bit left. Can talk about how much is left. That's can save him from being stuck with his choices, that he can undo the vow or the oath. But there's this opinion that says, no, even if all that he has is the prohibition and the punishment that's looming, not in court, nothing practical in his hands, or that will affect him in within human potential, human domain, nonetheless, there is this opinion They could still be Shalnadah or Shua. But the Miri rejects that opinion. It it does not appear that that is correct. It appears that it must be something practical, something remaining in the future for this to have any significance. But there is this opinion. So, when the Rush says, we saw on the tour, what is the reason for doing Kol Nidre? I mean, according to Rabbeinu Tam, that you're making a declaration of the future, we understand that's classic, That's that fits with the potential of the Gemara, Chav Kim It says Rashana, doesn't matter, Rosh Hashanah Yom the idea is you can make such a declaration in advance, and it will help for something if you didn't remember it, fine. But the text of Nidre that is going back on the previous year, from last Yom Kippur to this Yom Kippur, how can that have any import? So he says, It is a type of heter, it's a type of matyrnader, to be spared from the punishment. This opinion. Of the Mi'ir. the Mi'ir is quoting an opinion that even though it seems to be too late but all that looms is punishment from heaven it is still possible to try and be matir. it's not too late it's not beyond the realm of Hatara and there's there's what to do Now, Mi'ir says he doesn't think that that's correct it's a marginalized opinion maybe that's why the Ramah is saying we're not so mechane unless there's sarach but it appears that it is trying to be a form of Hattara, even though it's too late. But there's an opinion that it's still possible, if there's onish punishment looming, even bishamaim, that there's a possibility to affect the Hattara. al the Pashup Shach, it's is like the Gemara presents over here. You can only work going forward. And the don't disagree with Rebbe L'Azer. This idea of Kol Nidri, Rabbeinu Tam style, that's what can be affected. That's what the Gemara is talking about. To make a declaration for the year that's upcoming. And assuming that you don't remember the time of your vow later on, okay, that can, that can have a place within the framework of and Darn. But, once he's made the vow, he's got to be mater neder. And, classically, there's nothing to be done. If it's too late, it's too late. We do have an opinion. If the onish, the punishment, is still outstanding, he could still be mater neder. And that's what the Rush says. He is trying to be mater, because of the onish. And that's an opinion. Although it seems to be marginalized, there is such an opinion. El Koponim, Rav is presenting this logic to defend his shita. He says that the husband who is empowered over the wife's vows that she has already made, certainly should be, he should be empowered to pre-nullify those that have not been made. And the Gemara is just, surprisingly, it seems to be picking on a side point, is this implying that they are chal, they're parallel? Uh, Delo d- 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 right. uh, the, the vow that he made never took effect. So too his wife's vow never took effect. Gemara says you don't have to say that. You could say that the, the aspect of whether there's any effectiveness of the vow or not is... Gemara is focused on whether the vow had effect at all or not and does not feel that it's necessary in order to understand Rabliyasha's logic to also understand them to be parallel in this regard what is the significance? what does it matter whether the vow had any effect or not? so the Karen Ura addresses the question do the vows have effect or not? Now we're suggesting that although Rabbi Yezer is creating this that does seem to present them as parallel, it's not necessarily so, but what does it matter anyway? If somebody else said and I also want to take a vow like that so then it's very important. If you say the vow was effective, so it was effective and then later nullified, the person who has the vow has has a vow. If it had no effect, so then that fossa, the the seconding the motion also has no effect. We could suggest There will be a practical relevance if the vow took effect versus it not taking effect. In the case where the woman took a vow and immediately, within the the span of tokhadeh Dibu, she violated the vow, so she'll get lashes. not, Not enough time to undermine the vow. And when the husband hears about his mayfair, but there's still the tokhir were of her speech, so she would get lashes as you say that it's chal, that the, the vow is effective and then just later neutralize. <speaking in Hebrew> but rather, it certainly sounds like that the process of a hafara is effective, the negation of the vow seems to take place immediately after she makes the vow. The Rams al Kosa of al Halak <speaking> and the Vani. Taheq dam Vani vada bi kamathes. Ayn al ail ta skib gemo. Kosa Banzal, bi Vani gam kan bither mathes ein sham. Ish al Halak. Law <Hebrew> aghis ma da haghal no da hatel mit le The Loyola Klaal, after al vada mikara bi kar mathes. Now this is the. Range of potential where it might make a difference, whether the vow has a footing, so to speak, before being negated and neutralized, or is it entirely uprooted with nothing? When he's mefeh, that's that is going to be a, a, a practical relevance for for the Gemara's question over here, which it, it says there's no proof, no proof at this point, but. In terms of addressing the Kavachomer, we saw in the Mishnah already. The Mishnah said that the Chachamim responded to his logic or Blizzard's logic and said based on a pasik, Isha Isha it's it's based on this Drasha that we will not say a Kalakomer to link the potential of Hakama and Hafara. That's a drasha that overrides this. the logic of Rabbi Yehazar? come in here. Now the chachamim are responding to Rabbi Yehazar. Just like a ritual bath brings about purification. From ritual impurity. And nonetheless, you can't prepay. You can't go to a mikvah before becoming Tamin saying, I want this Tarah to help for later. It doesn't work. Pretty clear. A person who does not have this great power of purification that a mikvah has, Ainodinho, Al-Tahrim Il Tame Is it not a Khavakomir. He should not able He should not be able to uh save, preventing the tahirm from becoming Tame. The Rash explains, Ma Adam Malin's Tmaim and Tmossam. She imbala tabas tmail, if he swallowed a ring that's ritually impure, this person, bit tava, then anyone goes to the mikvah, the achakin, in a mola tabas to the going into the mikvah is not going to help to purify this ring. For a swallowed impurity, tzvila doesn't help. Impurity that is balua, that is on the, the inside of a person, will not become purified through tzvila. And if he then vomited out the ring, it retains its status as impure. That's Adam, shain, malin, es, et, mim, tu, He is matil, es, says Rashi, shain, bala, tabas, taher. If he swallowed a pure ring, ve'achakach nitma, and then he became impure, matil, es, tabas. He does save the ring, kim, de, lo, nitma. Since it is internally held, this ring is inside of his body at the point, so therefore it does not become impure. The ring. Should it not be all the more so that it should prevent the tahir from tuma, even if there is a Contact with Tuma, they should not become tummy, which is obviously flawed. Obviously that's not the case. A person can contract ritual impurity. The fact that he has this potential doesn't really help, and this Lukera is an indication that this form of logic is not to be taken. But from this response of the Chachamim to Rabbi Yezir, the Gemara again is busy with this question, Shmami no lo derived from here, that the vow did not have any substance, it was not effective at all. It, it was negated from its inception, from this comparison to tumah, where the, the way they're presenting the logic, that there was no Tum'a at all. Tap of Ein Vav Em but what do you do with the next teaching? Omrullah Rabbi Yazir, the Chachamim also said to Rabbi in Matbilin klitame, if somebody submerges a ritually impure vessel into a mitva, li'taher, in order to purify it, yatbilu klitahar lekishitama, li'tah." So if it has the power, the mikvah, to remove a pre-existing impurity, so certainly it should have the power to prevent an impurity from ever coming. Which is obviously not true. The so things become impure. And they're showing by this kavachomer that there's a fault and a flaw in it. And therefore, don't go with your kavachomer, Reb Yezer. Shema <speaking in Hebrew> You see from this subsequent presentation of a kavachomer, the chachomim say to Reb that they're making a parallel to something that is chal, that there was tummah and then the mikvah purifies the tummah so therefore say that the vow had effect and was then undermined negated but not in a way that was from the inception that it never took effect at all amir Rabbonon. So really, we, we seem to have a conflict in terms of the precision of the forms of response that the sages said to Rabbi A The conflict is the parallel. One which understands the vow as having no effect at all or having an effect and then being neutralized. Amri Rabbanon lo So the presentation the like Gamar formulates is that the Rabbanon are not quite sure what Rabbi Yezir actually held. And this is what they said to him. My what do you hold? If you hold that the vow has effect and then is nullified, then the vessel should be the nullification that the previous teaching we had, that the vessel that was impure and then was purified in the mikvah, that would be a course of thought, a, a way of negating your logic. And if you do not hold, that the vow has any validity whatsoever, then the logical discussion of mikvah, the previous one that we said, the the, the original response that we had of the chacham in Tur BeYazer, mikvah that will be the That will be the response to you. So we're not sure. We don't really know what did BeYazer hold, but we have two flawed parallels to say. Regardless, you're wrong. Toshma. Come in here. Ama'lehem, Rabbi Yazer. Umas roim temein. Rabbi Yazer responded to just as grains and plants that are impure. Kivin chazoram. You have the seeds planted the kaka into the ground. To her, they become pure. So they started off being impure. Then they became pure. Zeruin be'omdin omdin shkin. So all the more so shouldn't Plants that are already planted and standing, all the more so they should not be subject to tumult. Shemam would derive from this response of Rabbi Yezir. He's trying to present a logical argument that defends his train of thought by Nadarim. And the way he presents it indicates that the Nadar is chal, there is some substance to it, it's just knocked off afterwards parallel to zron run to the seeds, the food items that are originally impure, that, through being planted, become purified. Okay, so, we seem to have a resolution on this point. What is Rabbi opinion? They were chal and negated. There was some substance in the nether. Fine. But now, getting to the, the heart of the matter, Rabona lo the Rabbonah themselves, not actually employ such a kalachomer, they're, they're responding to him as though this train of thought is invalid. But do they really hold that? We have a Kishinara Maybe we would suggest that Torah grants the capacity of the father to sell his daughter into servitude or a fixed year, or a fixed uh, Maximum of six years. But, we see that there's an expiration of it. What if she's a Nara already? She's already, she just turned 12. Between 12 and 12 and a half. Can the father sell the daughter at that point? So the Chachomins say, if a, a girl who is already sold, she's six-year-old, she's sold by her father, and now she goes free when she has her bas mitzvah. So all the more so, the father can't initiate a sale after her bas mitzvah. If she's not sold yet, she, she can't be sold now if she already was sold. So she goes free. So she can't be sold at this time. And they use this Ka'l to say that a narrow cannot be sold. So you see the Chachamim work with such kabachomers In Tabitha Involvement Vav yes, it's correct. Mishlomo. In the Velturan, yes, Chachamim do make such roshas. They do present such logical structures to derive halacha. Yishan Yehacha, but this is different. The Amar Krah, Yishah, Yikimeno, We have a passage, Yiferenu, the Limut of Yishah, Yikimeno, Yishah, Yiferenu, tells us, that there are bounds and restrictions, not, and it over, overrides this logic that Eliezer said. So it comes out a bit odd that when the Chachamim are presenting faulty Kavachomers, that, that are, they're trying to show Eliezer that he's wrong, because at the end of the day, the Chachamim do work with such Kavachomers, they just say, this is Exeritze Akasa, Levit Rasha Lecheritze Mishnah says only the vows that are subject to being established and ratified, they are subject to being nullified. (inaudible) But those vows that are not yet eligible to be ratified, they haven't been uttered yet. (inaudible) They are also not eligible to be nullified. Because the the Limud comparing (inaudible) Isha Ykimenu and (inaudible) Isha Yiferenu, her husband, will establish, ratify, and the husband will negate. They need to be parallel. That's the drasha. The Karen Eroh is Omen on this a bit. and forth with Back and forth with the Kavachomer. the Back and forth with this is a a Look at the Ram. Ram says that they are presenting counter logic arguments to try and neutralize and say you could say this way, you could say that way, and therefore reject. Your logical argument in favor of the drasha—that's the way the Ran explains it. <laughs> Our says it's hard for me to understand. <laughs> if we really take it at face value, so then the rabbanon shouldn't be able to use this type of kavachomer, which the Gemara says they can—they use a kavachomer, to invalidate a, invalidate a sale. If the father made a sale for his daughter after she's twelve, they said it's not a sale. The, the same reason that they cast aspersions on a Kabakhomer against Rabbi Azura Kabakhomer, they should neutralize their own Kabokhome, which they do accept. the Kohani Adam Ve the says it's just bluff. Just bluff. It says all these Kavachomers, smoke and mirrors, they're not real Kavachomers. N- not all of them. The one about the daughter not being able to be sold, that is Halacha. L- 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 but the other Kavachomers that they are presenting to Eliezer, as well as the Kavachomers Rabbi presents to them, those are false. Those are, are fake Kavachomers. They don't—they they, kind of sound like Kavachomers, but they're not a real Kavachomer. It's, it's a trick. Pilpula be'alma. <speaking in Hebrew> Not legit, right? Like the famous, what's the most famous? Not legitimate kavuchomer. Madach. That I can stick my hand in my pocket, I can take my wallet, and you can't. Right? You can't take my wallet, but you're able to stick your hand in your wallet. That power you have. So kol shikain, I can stick my hand into your wallet, and take your money. Right? That's a false kavuchomer. It's the most famous false kavuchomer. There's pilpul of the Alma, not legitimate. So Karen Aris says he's tagging these kavachomers as false. They're, they look kind of like a kavachomer, but it's just fake. <speaking in Hebrew> this is a joke to say you can have a kavachomer to prevent future Tuma. No way. <speaking in Hebrew> You're never gonna have tumah if you believe this. Kol tavo pamarcha. He goes once, he'll never come to me. Joke. Tavka ha'acha who de'ikal emeil kavachomer. Even the yesh kochel ba'vatel nedra mishtilder. Kol shkein tloyachol nedra acha hafaraso. Dumi o de mechiras bito. De'im naris mevatelis mechiraso kol shkein shloayochol limkar im kadem naris mechiraso. What is within a legitimate framework of kavachomer is the kavachomer of rebliazer. In the Mishnah, and the Kavuchomer, the Chachamim use to say that this girl cannot be sold by her father after she's twelve. That's why the Gemara asks for a Kasha. Ah, the Chachamim—they do hold of Kavuchomer. They bring a proof of a real Kavuchomer. Why don't they say, "Hey, why don't they hold that if they like this Kavuchomer to say that a guy can prepay, go to mikvah in advance?" So it's a joke. But obviously, they don't hold that. That's just pilpul ba'almo. They they bring as a riot that they hold kavukomer, a real kavukomer, not a fake kavukomer. The lezer nami, Don't think the rabbanu are the only ones who play this game. lezer also, and he brings his kavukomer from Zerayim. That's also a joke. The real kavukomer is the lezer in the Mishnah, which they say, okay, we have a different custom, not that way. That's. A reason to combat the kavachomer. The other real kavachomer is the Drosha preventing the father from selling the daughter after she twelve. But the other kavachomer that the chachamim said, and that he says back to them, all that is just to, to spar. It's not; they're not legitimate. It's just Why is it that once they're planted, they become purified? Is because they become negated to the ground. They become part of the ground. They become pure because they are now sprouted, growing in the ground. They're part of the ground. That's why they become pure. And therefore, it's obvious that that applies also to grown plants and become too They don't receive tumor. It's nothing to do with the a dodi. They're not really comparable. Only these two. You may narrow. Only these two are really Kalab Chomer, where Eliezer says concerning the the din of Nidarm, Haferoso, Haferoso, nidra, and the din of preventing the father from selling, making a sale of his daughter after 12. And that's why the Gemara finally comes back and says, that was just for some uh, sparring, but the truth of the matter is that they do follow the strictures of a legitimate Kavachomer, and they are restricted based on the fact that they they view this drasha as authoritative, and are not willing to follow the true drasha, of, of the true Kavahomer that Elazar is presenting, but that there are fake Kavahomers abounding, he says, yeah, it's Pilpul ba'amo," and nobody holds to those drashas. That's just part of their Pilpul Ba'ama. Let's see the Mishnah. The ability to negate the nether is the entire day. There's an element of leniency and stringency. In this position, Ketzat. How does that play out? Noter blei le Shabbos. If a nether was made, a vow was taken, Friday nights, blei le Shabbos, The ability to negate, to be uh, undo this vow. The, the father has, or the husband has, the ability to negate the vow of hafara, to undermine it. When? So that whole night, as well as the day of Shabbos, Aj until the night. Till Must Shabbat. Mefer If she makes the neder, just as the night is coming on, then there's no time. He he barely has any time to be Mayfir. He's not able to do so once it becomes night. Once the next day comes, the beginning of the next day is with night. So if she makes it right before that. So he's got a very limited window. It can only be Mate that do the hafara uh, in, in that short window until the next day. That's the opinion of the town of this mishnah, which as we see in the A-Mishpat, that's Havpaskin. Tanyo, we have a braisam. Hafaras kolayom. The process of a in is the entire day. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lozabraveshimin, Omru, they hold, not like our Mishnah, that it's a 24-hour period. How much time does the husband have to do hafara to negate his wife's vow? He has 24 hours. My time of the Tanakamo, what is the rationale of the Tanakamo? There's another girsa here, by the way, in this uh, bhrasah, when it says, the person kol hayom is the entire day. So the Tasefta has divrei rebbe. That's the opinion of Rebbe, which consists, which, which, which coincides with the opinion of our Mishnah, that it's not me'es Ace, it's not a 24-hour period, but it's that day, which is potentially a full day, or potentially less. So what is the rationale of the first opinion of Rebbe, or our Mishnah? O'ma'ikra, the verse says, bi'om shemo' on the day that he hears it. my What's the rationale of the Rabbanon that disagree? Why do they say 24 hours? Which extends past the day that was heard, potentially. Since the verse writes, from day to day. That's the same PASUK. What does the Tanakama do with that? From day to day. That implies that you do have a potential going from one day to the next. It's dark, that was necessary. If it would only have the verse that says on the day that he hears about it. in I would have thought that his ability to be mefir, his wife's nadarin, would only be during the day, the sun is shining, but not at night. That's what I would have said. Therefore it says from day to day to, day to tell you that he potentially has a full day, including the night. And according to the opinion that he has, 24 hours, why does it need to say let it just say and that seems to indicate that he'll have a 24 hour period? It's dark, that is necessary according to them. If the tar only would have said from day to day, I would have thought says Rashi, from day to day that they are parallel. From Sunday to Sunday. Or Tuesday to Tuesday. I would have thought from day to day that are parallel. He has that potential. I would have thought that that's the implication. Therefore, the Torah says, no, on the day he hears about it, not to the next day that is like this day, a week later on the same day of the week. So each way, each shito has a, Need for both of these psokim, Yom and And that's uh, Gemara concludes that the Loch is not like that pair that says 24 hours. Rav said, so said my uncle, the Loch is not like that pair, and do not say. That the husband has 24 hours, but he just has the day of hearing the vow.